Welcome to Compass and Clock. I'm your host, Mary Copeland. This infotainment podcast explores how to live your best life now and well into retirement. We'll discuss topics in financial planning, housing, and insurance. We'll talk wellness, relationships, and leisure activities. A full active life requires planning for your goals and preparing for the unexpected. I'll introduce you to a variety of guests from knowledgeable experts to folks sharing stories of their life experiences and so much more, because life is big. All is intended to help guide you in planning for what you want now and need at any age. Like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Today, my guest is Ricky Seitz, and she's aged and is now 80 plus years young. And she has found that manufactured home park living is an ideal situation for her physical limits, as well as being a terrific, affordable community for socialization and support. Since our previous podcast, Ricky, you've been very, very busy. So um, thank you for squeezing me in and coming back on the show. Oh, thank you, Mary. It's a delight to be here. And I hope that anything that I've experienced can be shared with others. Fantastic. Well, based on what you've been up to recently, today we're going to talk about rent stabilization for low-income housing in the state of Washington. And there's a lot of ground for the two of us to cover in this short 25-minute podcast. So I'm just going to jump right in, okay? Yes. My first question to you is, how did you get involved in this, Ricky? (laughs) Well, I got involved... Um, by mistake, probably. But what happened is I have moved into this manufactured home park and I love it here. And it appeared to be a very stable situation. However, last year, the rent for our land beneath our manufactured homes was raised 17%. For people on fixed incomes, this is a shock and also unaffordable for many. So when this happened... Um, I felt like I better not be a victim. We better get into this problem and solve it. Well, way to take action. I I applaud you. So um, what was your starting point to save the residents at your 55 and older manufactured home park from basically being evicted and homeless from what I understood when you and I were having a conversation a few days ago? Um, What has happened is there are people with all types of income in this park. There are 207 units here. And um, I would say we have everybody from people on food stamps now to people who can easily afford what they're living in and use it as a summer home. So what we have here is my personal concerns took over as did many others. And we banded together um, to say, what are we going to do about this? And it was very informal, ad hoc kind of a congregation of people that got together, mostly dog walkers. And among this group is a woman who used to be a union organizer. And her name was, is Chris Walker, and she is an organizer, which we needed desperately to figure out what we should do next. Um, Go ahead. Well, no, I didn't know you. If So that was your starting point. That so. was our starting point. The First, the shock theory, and then moving ahead and saying, okay, what do we do about this? Okay. And 
having in our midst somebody who was a very good organizer, which was very helpful. So then what did you find out when you started looking deeper into this crisis? What we did find out was this is a nationwide crisis, not just local, not just our park or even the state of Washington, but it has become a nationwide problem for manufactured homes in parks. Um, what we're finding is that there are large corporations buying up these parks and um, converting them either to a higher use for their land, like a commercial use, or they are just upping the, the rents so high that the people are moving out and cannot afford to stay there anymore. Um, they are trying to uh, improve some of them, but most of them, they are trying to get rid of the owners and move you out. This is a major problem because the owners here own their homes and not the land, but you can't. there's no place to move your home to. So you lose the equity in your home, and this has been happening across the nation. So there are now a lot of movements afoot to take care of the problem. Um, what we, okay, I, I'll leave it there. That that's yeah. Yeah. in a nutshell, that's where we are. And um, the one thing that you did tell me that I want to make sure that you cover is a manufactured home park. Um, individuals or couples can buy the manufactured home they will own it it's their home but they rent the land that the property is sitting on and you told me that their homeowner's insurance is different so they have a mortgage they're paying rent for the land they're paying insurance for their home but it's higher than somebody would pay for a normal house because the manufactured home is considered, it falls under Department of Motor Vehicles, so it has a VIN number. So um, I guess what I'm just trying to confirm is my statement is accurate, correct? Your statement is accurate. And um, the interesting thing about that is it's kind of a blended situation because when you buy or sell the home itself, it goes through a normal real estate transaction, but it is in fact a motor vehicle. So you're dealing with two different departments from the state when you start working on buying and selling manufactured homes. So it gets a little complicated. And you did tell me that the insurance to buy for the home is more expensive than buying homeowner insurance on a, a house that's not a manufactured Than on a stick-built home. Yes, it is. And uh, that in a manufactured is, home park. In a manufactured home park. I can't speak to it outside a manufactured home park. But um, it's not only that, but your taxes are based on real estate taxes during the year. And your insurance is based on motor vehicle insurance, <laughs> manufactured home. So you have you have a very confusing situation which crosses uh, departments at the state level as well. Complicated so when, even more. Yeah, it, <laughs> <laughs> it gets there. We're finding out all kinds of things here. <laughs> but, okay. Um, so um, it sounds like your findings set you into action, though. What you found did. out. So tell us that next step. Tell us all what right. This next step, we had a, a small committee, about six or seven of us, that got together to say, okay, what next? And what next was, 
we had to notify the owner that we were concerned about the raise in the rent, the extremely high raise in the rent. And um, we put together a petition for a letter to the owner saying, please meet with us and let's discuss what's going on here because of the dire nature of what could happen to many people. Uh, we were denied the meeting and um, they simply did not want to meet with us or talk to us about it. So the next step is that we needed to find out how we could have a voice. And we thought, well, part of that is there are over 17 uh, manufactured home park communities in our city and area here. So it has a large population of the older people over 55 that are now living in these. And we put together a group from all of these parks that went down to the city council and talked to them about what was going on and what we could do about keeping the large corporations from buying out this land and converting the land to a higher use for income for them. Okay, so I'm going to interrupt you for one sec because you're getting ahead of me here. Okay. Uh, the if if I remember correctly, when you and I were talking, um, with that number of manufactured home parks, I just want to make sure that we're clear. Um, a large population are 55 and older communities in them, but there are a, a manufactured home park is a great community for folks with a limited income. So it could be a family starting out yes. that's working in the community. So yes. this, this um, crisis isn't just affecting seniors, it's affecting any homeowners that are on a limited income that are trying to um, establish themselves, have a happy and healthy life for their families, et cetera. Exactly. It is the last resource of uh, private housing is what I can say for people on a limited income at that level. And um, it, it has in the past guaranteed a place for people to live. Okay. So the next step out of there is for families or older people or anyone to become homeless if they cannot afford the underlying rent. And that's the problem that we have what you're addressing. So you went to the city, you approached the city of Squim and was that successful? It was, and it was really surprising to them as well. We had contacted members of the city council, even though we're not inside the city limits, we are adjacent to the city limits and we probably buy a lot of our goods in the city of Squim and support a lot of their activities. The, they were very receptive to us, and the city does have um, lobbyists at the state. So they have a direct line into the state for the issues that are arising throughout Washington. And we um, went to the city council meeting. We did schedule a meeting with the city council to discuss what they could do to assist the manufactured home parks in their area. Um, I understand from these, uh, from people who were talking with the city councilors that they said, don't worry about these people. 
They're seniors. They'll be in bed by the time we have our council meeting at night. <laughs> to their chagrin, more than 100 people showed up, mostly seniors, to talk to them about this. It was a wake-up call, and they have been very receptive and very helpful. Now, so I, that, believe, I was going to say, I believe from that um, your interaction with the city of Squim and, and working with them, there was a moratorium that the city of Squim passed that was beneficial to the rental increase crisis. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yes, the moratorium, uh, when we talked to them, we said, we need to assure that these larger corporations, which are kind of creeping across the nation and have arrived in Washington, purchasing these manufactured home parks and converting them to another use, need to have a moratorium on the zoning for the manufactured home parks so that they cannot be converted out of that use within their zoning requirements. And they have done this. In fact, the city of Squim has created a moratorium on manufactured home park zone changing mm -hmm. until they can get the ordinance written and passed. So in fact, it's put a, a it's killed it. It cannot happen here now, which is very, very beneficial to us. And okay. although we are in the county itself, the county has been now approached to do the very same thing. And I believe that they will follow up as soon as the city gets their ordinance drafted and put in place. The county is sympathetic to the situation and will be trying to do it as well, I'm fairly certain. Right, so after getting the support from the city, the next step yeah. is getting the county support, which you're in the midst of working on. But right. somehow at this point now, the state of Washington is involved. So how did it get to the state level? It got to the state level, not just from the manufactured home park people, although we are a large segment of it now. Um, the state has been dealing with the homeless problem and the housing problem for a while. But the lobbyists from the city of Squim have taken it a next step farther for us as we move up into the state legislation issues. And we have ourselves been contacting our representatives, our state representatives in writing through a various um, number of organizations. The manufactured American Manufactured Home Owners Association is one of the larger ones for uh, manufactured homes. And then there's the Housing Alliance, which is a conglomerate of all of these people. But right now we are relying on the conglomerate to assist us in getting our sections passed into the state legislation for housing relief. And since they are having a huge homeless problem here, and it's increasing rapidly because of increased rents and the same thing we experienced here, which was the land lease rent, um, that they are now taking action on this. Our last um, legislature, which closed down toward the uh, before summer, ended up passing House Bill, let me see, 1589, 
And it basically, you know, 1598, I take it back, 1598, I'm sorry. So this um, is a bill that got passed yes. based on your action and movements. Yes, uh, not just ours. This is where we combine with everybody else so that we could at least get our portion of it addressed. And um, what we did get from that bill, that state bill, is that they have put a requirement on manufactured home parks that they need to give the residents three years notice before they can sell it. Mm -hmm. And that was a major step forward for us. So when we you have a three-year period of time to contemplate the issue and take action, there is now a group called Rock, And it's the resident owner com uh, communities and they have become a uh, subset of the state commission on housing and the state commission on housing for manufactured homes is now providing a uh, support group for people to purchase their parks the people who live there can purchase the parks and they will provide the paperwork they will provide the forms. They will provide the assistance in getting funding. They will work with you to get HUD funding. And they are basically representatives for owners of manufactured home parks, which so, is wonderful. So ROCK, um, is it like it sounds R-O-C-K? It's R-O-C. R-O-C. So if somebody yeah. were to Google it. Um, yes. They could find it, okay? Yes, they could. ROC, rock, <laughs> for the state of Washington, okay? <laughs> um, so is, is this rock group, since this is a nationwide problem, is rock available in other states? Yes, it is. Um, I don't, I can't tell you which states, but there is rock Northwest and rock USA. Okay. So, you know, I think if you went to Rock USA, you could find out if your state is involved as well. Okay. That makes sense. Now you and I were also talking, um, um, and I want to make sure we give this information to our listeners because we have just a few more minutes left. Um, but on January 22nd of 2024, there's a housing advocacy day in Olympia. Washington, yes. so in our state capital for Washington. So what is the mission of that day on January 22nd? Tell us a little bit about that. This is basically a, a turnout request for people who are impacted and the various organizations that I've mentioned to show up in Olympia so that the current legislature, which meets starts January 5th, I believe, meets for 60 days only this year. And because it's an even year, so they only meet for 60 days We're we're thinking we will only get one bill passed and we want to do it as a group so that everybody's uh, interests are represented. And we want a large group showing up for the housing advocacy day on January 22nd so that the legislature knows we're still meaning business on this. And this bill that you want passed is what? It's more of an omnibus bill this time. And it's basically for rent stabilization, not just for manufactured home parks, but for any low income housing group 
and it, it is more tailored to the group situation, not manufactured home parts. And the biggest issue that we're facing and we would like to get across is that the largest growing segment of the homeless population is seniors. And we want that addressed through this bill. I was just talking with Colleen um, Robinson, who is the executive director of Habitat for Humanity for Clallam County, which yes. I believe she was at some of those meetings um, for the city council. And she was saying that the largest growing population in Clallam County is senior women. So, oh, yes. Yeah. So she was sharing that was with me this morning. Um, we just have a couple of minutes left. And this was a lot of information that we have been discussing on on the podcast today. Um, and what we're trying to get across to the listeners is that there needs to be some rent stabilization put in place to protect those um, renters um, from being put in a situation where they cannot afford where they live any longer and they might not have an option of other places to go. So we don't want to add to the already rising homeless crisis that we have. So what would you give as advice or any last words to share with our listeners if they're renters and what they should do, whether they're in the state of Washington or elsewhere? I do believe that you need to contact your state first and find out what organizations are working on homelessness and rent stabilization. And you can do that by just uh, Googling that on the on your Google. Um, and then look at what each of those organizations represents. They all have their title pages and you can kind of sign on to whichever one is of interest to you. But recognize that you have power in numbers. And if you can work with a group you will have more success than if you try anything individually and by yourself. So I would suggest that people look at those groups by Googling them and just saying, which groups are working for homelessness and low income housing? I think our goal is to not stop rent increases, but to stabilize them in terms of percentage increase. I know in one of our bills that may get through this year, there is going to be not just a cap, it won't be a cap on rent increases, but it will be that if your rent increase is over 7%, the landowner or owner needs to be able to provide you with the accounting of why it is over 7% and it's not just gouging. I think that that is one of the things that may come out of this next legislature. Okay. So that we'll see. Yep. <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And, and remember folks, um, Ricky is in her eighties. She's 80 plus years young and she's taking a stand for what she believes in and her actions affect others in the community. So um, the one thing that I do remember you telling me though, is as you're, you've been going through this process, you're also learning um, do's and don'ts, so to speak. And mm -hmm. so 
if others are going to take this on in their community, they really need to understand what they are allowed to do so that they're doing it properly and legally so that all their efforts are not for naught because they did one thing incorrectly that makes the whole project blow up. So definitely um, dot your I's, cross your T's and find out what's going on out there. Um, Ricky, thank you again for your unrelenting efforts on behalf of your fellow residents and others in the state of Washington and for bringing this to our listeners' attention because this is a problem nationwide. And I really believe that your inspiration and actions can get others to do something in their state. So listeners, until next week, goodbye. Ricky, thank you again so much. And everybody, take care. Thank you very much, Mary. It's been a pleasure. And go get them, everybody. You need to work on it. Thank exactly. you.